Welcome to New Hope Underground. Today's episode is entitled Jesus and 15,000 Likes. And now your hosts, Darren Hansen and Tyler Yoakum. You've entered into the underground. How's that for beginning? Whoa, yeah, I'm into it. That's kind of my Rod Serling take. Yeah, make sure your hands are inside the vehicle and whatever <laughs> else they say for when you enter somewhere. Hey, welcome. I'm Darren Hansen. I am Tyler Yoakum, and welcome to New Hope Underground. It's episode eight. It's the eighth one that we've ever done. I know, and it's it's rocking right along. <laughs> what if I just say everything back that you say just in a slightly different way? Please whole, do. Please do. Yes, wouldn't you? Well, we talked about how I'm the setup man, so you're kind of the... Yeah, you're the hype guy, and I'm I'm the closer. You're the closer. I just came up with that that nickname for myself, but you're like Kyra Sedgwick. You're the closer. Yeah, I have to, I have to tell you that um, on Sunday, Jim Carroll, the star of our our gym class bumper video, he came up and he told me that he's a stuffer. What? Yeah, I got one. I got one. I'm a stuffer this and a week. famous stuffer, by the way. Yeah, around I'm, here, I'm pretty proud to say that Jim Carroll is. a he stuffer. He did a great so. job with that that video we play on Sunday morning. Oh it's, yeah, he he's so good in it. I, I, there's probably still people out there that don't know. You that gotta have him. a guy named Jim doing stuff for gym class. Yeah, I mean, we're not phony. Sense. We're not gonna phone this in. We're gonna <laughs> we're gonna go all out. So that makes a lot of sense if you ask me. Yeah. So thanks, Jim, for uh, the video and for being a stuffer. So how was your Memorial Day weekend? Oh, let me tell you, it was packed with, I don't know, it was, it was fine. It uh, was packed with what? <laughs> nothing. It was packed with nothing. <laughs> I went and saw Aladdin. Oh, uh, did you really? Yeah. Have you, do you know, have you seen Aladdin? I've seen the, the previews, the but that's about it. You I never know. saw the cartoon? Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, a long time ago. It's a lot ago. like that. It's kind of cheesy, but oh, it's really? like, it was really good. I loved, I watched Aladdin like 30 times a week as a kid. Like my mom would just get so annoyed because of how often I would watch it, but um, it was good, yeah. Well, see, my kids are around your age. Yes. And so they, they watched all the time, too. So. so you were kind of just stuck watching it. I was it. inundated with it. Yeah. No, it was it, it was a good I, I movie. I wasn't choosing to watch it, necessarily. <laughs> but So, yeah, that was my Memorial Day weekend. Was Well, that's great. I did absolutely nothing. That's awesome. I mean, not much of anything. Yeah. That's, anyway, I mean, I did some things. Right. Not you were much. somewhat productive. Your, uh, your son got engaged. Brady got engaged. Yes, that he is. did. Insert applause noise. He's my youngest, and so... It's one of those, it's one of those things that I'm just my wife and I are thinking, hey, last guy out of the house. <laughs> yeah, this is like this is a sign for the future for you, really a good future. I know, with no kids at home, giving away my age, giving away your age. <laughs> hey, you know, I was, uh, I was, I was going. Some, a question that just kind of popped in my head. Yeah. This week, I, I was this weekend. My wife and I got into a discussion. Yeah. About social media and just the changes, and. When I say changes, they're not really changes to you as much as they are to me because I, I didn't grow up with a phone or cell internet. phone, social media, like yeah, internet, not even internet. So it was just really I, my childhood was a lot different than than yours, right? So because of that, I was just telling my wife. I said, you know what? I sometimes I wish I could go back. I wish I could go Way back, back when it's you know back to the '80s when it was yeah. simple. And uh, it seems simple. In the eighties, we thought we were cool, and there was we thought we were it was complicated, right? You know? And it was just the worst time ever for some people. But for me, <laughs> yeah, you know, I was just thinking, boy, how you know get away from all that stuff, right? But then it got me it got me thinking about this question. I know this sounds kind of odd, okay. But if if Jesus was here, I mean, like living on Earth as a man, right, right now in two thousand nineteen, fully man, fully God, yeah, and he's in America. I mean, would he use social media? Do you think? Definitely. Okay. I think so. Well, why do you think that? I mean, I'm just curious. 
I mean, I guess I don't the, disagree with you, but yeah. I'm just curious. I guess the first question is, how old is he in this in this scenario? Well, let's say it's like the time he was in Palestine. I mean, he's like uh, up to age 30, yeah. 33 is when he was crucified. So, yeah, I mean, I would say then that he he grew up. He grew up at an age that social media was a, a part of his life early enough on, like high school age. So I'd say he want, would want to be on it to keep up with his friends and and that kind of thing. And I think it's a good platform for certain things. And one of those things would be spreading a message. So I feel like, uh, I feel like it'd be a good place. Now, for there him. are some people who have used his name and set up Twitter accounts and things like that. There are a lot of God <laughs> and Jesus, Twitter and Facebook. And you don't want to read them all. Trust no, me. No. However, what platform would he use? Do you think like if he had a, cho- yeah, a choice platform? Yeah. I don't think he'd use Snapchat. That's a little too cringy. I think, I think he, he wouldn't use I think that. he would know it's, yeah, it's a little risque. Um, I think he'd be on Instagram and Twitter. Facebook's pretty invasive in terms of it. They spy on you as a user and kind of um, are a little bit of a, I would say almost. Would cor- he want that? I would say almost Would corrupt. he care if people spied on him? I mean, be like, yeah, I mean, he wouldn't have anything to hide. I think he would just stand against what the corporation would be doing in so people's lives. That's interesting. You think Jesus would be like all about privacy? <laughs> I think he would. I think he'd be anti-government interference. Really? Yeah. Interesting. I think he. I think he's more of a small government kind of guy. Huh. Oh, that's interesting. I, I just Sorry, now really... we're, I'm, I'm leaning into his political views now no, versus no, his social media stance. It's interesting because you never really find out about Jesus' political views. He doesn't yeah. really always say a lot there. I mean, he's not afraid to uh, go against what's culturally right accepted. So right. it's not that he would he would just kind of live live in whatever was around him and just pretend that it was okay if he wasn't okay. Well, with it's it. just really interesting. I just never really thought about it. You know, yeah. would, would he use social media? I I think, you know, what you're saying I think makes makes sense, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, I think his tweets would be dripping, though. W- would be what? Sorry, they'd be dripping. <laughs> they'd, be, they'd be really good. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, he just, because, you know, now you have more characters than you used to, but I think he would just, he'd be able to say things really concise, like just really like straight to the point, and he'd be able to really use Twitter, you know? I feel terrible because right now this whole episode is exposing how old I really am, and now I feel like way out of it. Like, <laughs> I'm a, I'm worried that I'm I probably used the word dripping incorrectly. Oh, and, I, think, I imagine you used it right, and so I'm. It's probably showing my age it sounds, too. I'm I like, mean, I'm trying to be cool, but I'm not. I tell you what, I'm going to start using it now just yeah. to show how hip I am. Yeah, those kicks because hip those, is a word that we use nowadays. <laughs> those too. Those kicks be dripping. <laughs> well, I'm pretty dripping, and. Uh, <laughs> So nah, no, that's, that's gross. Man. <laughs> not sure what that means. I think I better stay away from yeah. words. I'm not sure exactly what's going on there. But yeah, I always thought I just thought it was an interesting take. You know, and another reason I thought this is I was I was reading an article about a guy out out east uh, in Connecticut somewhere who's uh, is wanted. They have a wanted poster for him. He's you know DUIs and some drug use stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, but they put his wanted poster on Facebook. The local police department did, uh-huh. you know, to try to get the word out there. Right. And he actually called into the police department. Really? The criminal. <laughs> and he said that he will give himself up if there's 15,000 likes on his wanted poster. No. On Facebook. Oh, yeah, that's absolutely gosh. true. And what's hilarious is the negotiator that he talked to on the phone talked him down from 20,000 likes to 15,000 <laughs> They're likes. negotiating like counts to get <laughs> yes. him to turn himself in. And here's what's great. It surpassed that. There's oh, over 19,000 likes. Oh, yeah. So and did he turn himself in? No. <laughs> <laughs> As of yet, he has not yeah, turned himself that's, in. That's too easy. I, I, I don't know if 
it, it throws you back that a criminal might lie. Right. But, yeah. You think that the negotiator would have. The police are actually saying publicly now that, you know, be a man of your word. Uh, turn yourself in because you have said some you would. decency criminal. We put it out there. We try to get the likes. Right. We got them. We did, we ran a marketing campaign on Facebook, paid for ads for it. You imagine if our whole legal system was run, you know, based on the types of social media likes. And I'm so afraid forth. that we're heading. I mean, we're probably heading that direction, right? Some dystopian future. <laughs> I don't know. Sounds like an Orwell, yeah, kind of thing going on. We got an Orwellian future okay. ahead of us. I just thought that was a really so fifteen thousand likes is what he wanted to, and he surpassed turn it. himself in. Yeah, they surpassed it. They, people loved his wanted poster apparently, and people love. I mean, even criminals want that that little bit of limelight when they can get it. And he got it, but so. he hasn't he hasn't turned himself in yet. So I think it would be hilarious if he does. I if mean, you're a, if you're the criminal that's wanted and haven't turned yourself in, and you're listening to this podcast, I'm sure he's should, tuned in. You should uh, you should call in and let us know uh, <laughs> what you, what you need from us to turn yourself in. What can we do for you, social media wise as well? Yeah, I'll tell you what, we'll open up a Twitter account for you and Jesus. Yes, all at the same time. Yeah, I, I don't want to be the one tweeting for Jesus. It's a lot of welcome to episode eight. Hey, all you romantics. Your relationship questions are now being answered. Featuring Ask Shirley. Are you ready? As ready as I'll ever be. Okay, here's the question, Shirley. Dear Shirley, I have been dating someone for a year now and have decided that I need to ask her to marry me. What? That's great. Congratulations. I need a proposal event that will knock her socks off. (laughs) Help me. Signed, Mr. Mundane. Knock her socks off. That's kind of an old phrase, but uh, yeah, need something to knock her socks off there, Shirley. What are we going to do? It's got to be some sort of creative proposal event that you can give Mr. Mundane here. Apparently, he doesn't have any, so yeah, help me, he says. Please help. Well, first, I would say you've been dating her for a year. It's a little, it's a pretty long time to wait to propose to somebody. I normally recommend that couples think about doing that within the first three, four to six weeks. Really? Um, yeah. Well, that's quick. Because that's really just when you know. It's like if you don't know by then, will you ever? You wow. Know? Wow. Um, so forget long engagements. Right. Oh. That's, so a year's too long. Yeah, I would say. I'm so. not even sure there's an engagement. I guess I I said engagement, <laughs> but she just known each other. Just forget for the relationship. Really, gotcha. just jump right into the engagement. Um, no, I would say that. I mean, based on based on what you told me, I would say that I would definitely start um, with making sure she's wearing socks. Since you got an, <laughs> otherwise, there's no point in knocking them off, you know? That's true. That's um, true. That's very practical. Yeah. And then, uh, so I would start with pudding cups. The very first thing I would get is just um, a bunch of chocolate pudding cups. Pudding cups. Yeah. We'll get back to those later. Okay. Uh, the next thing you want to do is you want to find a spot in an open field. Um, hopefully one that isn't, you know, filled with like bugs and like pests and that kind of stuff. Like, okay. Um, just, one one that's nice. There aren't mosquitoes or anything like it's that. It's starting to sound like office space, but go ahead. And you set up a candle lit dinner. Oh, okay. Preferably something nice. warm. Very nice. To eat. In the middle of the field. In the middle of the field. Um, and then, now it would be, it'll be daylight out. So the candles won't be necessary for light, but they will be necessary for ambiance. Ambiance. That's very, yes. very distinct there. Um, and then in the middle of your dinner, a man walks up to you. You act like you don't know the man, but you know the man, obviously, and I'll tell you why you know the man. Prior to this dinner, you set up a skydiving 
event for the wow. two of you. And this so that's man, why it needs to be in a field. It needs to be in a field because what she won't notice is roughly 40 to 50 feet away from the dinner table the entire time was a plane. She won't notice it. Okay. Then this man will come up to you and you'll say, he'll say, get it, get in the plane. And he'll do it kind of like aggressively, like he's, he's forcing you onto the plane. Okay. And you act kind of, you know, aloof about it. And, um, you both get on the plane and then, so she feels like she's being forced onto a plane right now. Like she has no choice in the matter. And like, this is a proposal. You, and yes. like you yourself are unaware of what's happening. Okay. You get on the plane. It sounds more like a kidnapping to me, but go and ahead. That's what Keep, she'll, that's what she'll think too. Gotcha. Okay. It really heightens the emotions before, <laughs> okay. before the, the surprise. Okay. And so you get on the plane and then on the plane is another man who you don't know. And both are prepared to strap you onto them for a skydive because obviously I would assume you're not a trained skydiver. She's not a trained skydiver. So you need these men to jump out of a plane. So basically it's a skydiving instructor that you've hired along with his buddy. Right. And they'll probably make you watch some instructional videos and stuff on the way up because I don't think they're licensed to let you jump out without doing that. So it'll give away a little bit of the idea. Yeah. Cause she'll be like at that point, okay, I'm not being kidnapped or I'm being forced to skydive. Possibly not sure what's going to happen. Not sure if my boyfriend here is also being forced to skydive or if this is all part of something. I don't think she'll, what if she's terrified of heights? So what you'll want to do then is on your way up, you'll you'll watch the instructional video. You'll probably have to sign some paperwork that says they're not responsible for your d- demise or whatever. And then, <laughs> sorry, I get, I get, okay, I'm, um, okay. And then obviously, what you'll do is you'll jump out of the plane. Um, obviously, on your way down, about another fifty feet away from where the plane was. Now wait, now, a qu- very important question yes. when it comes to the proposal. I'm guess I'm guessing that you're getting to. Are they jumping tandem? Or is it like separate? So they're each individually attached to an instructor. Oh, okay. And one would jump out first and then the other would jump out next. So they're tandem, but with instructors. With instructors separate, separated from each other. Um, And then you jump out of the plane, you start falling. At some point the parachute is pulled and hopefully opens. And then you slowly guide down to an X, like a giant landing spot on the ground. Now, when you get there, here's where those pudding cups come in. You see an open pudding cup. And then okay. a little bit further away, yeah. you see another open pudding cup. So they cup. got to have incredible accuracy. Yeah, I mean, we would assume that that he's hiring the best instructors he can find, you know? Uh, okay. You don't want to you don't take chances with this kind of thing. You hire the best so instructors. So you and your your fiance well, or go to be. be maybe. Yeah. Probably. Uh, and then their instructors are all on the ground. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. And you just take, after you get the stuff off, you take her by the hand and lead her to the pudding cup. Yeah, so one option is you do that, or the instructors, you just pay them a little extra, and they forcibly walk you to the pudding cups because you're still attached to them at that point, and you would assume that you'll need their help. Keep up with the kidnapping, kidnapping motif, as it were. Yeah, in fact, I would encourage you to not release yourselves from the the instructors and just... (laughs) Let them be a part of this with you, okay? Yeah, just go with it. Yeah, and so they'll walk you over to the first pudding cup, <laughs> and then from the, from there she'll probably see these guys are really involved. <laughs> Surely this is this is amazing. Uh, you've really thought this through. Yeah, from there she'll see the first pudding cup, hopefully, and then she'll go, oh, a pudding cup, and she'll walk to the next one, to the next one, to the next one. You'll need roughly as many pudding cups as it would take to get back out of this field. Um, and once you get past the field, 
and around the corner, I'm assuming there's a corner somewhere around where you're at, there'll be Air Bud. The dog. At, at the end of the pudding cups. So what's the pudding cup? Does that have something to do with Air Bud or something? Yeah. And so then, once okay. you get to Air Bud, she'll be so caught off guard by seeing Air Bud that you and your instructor will get down on one knee. <laughs> the instructor is also proposing. Well, they're attached to each other, so he can't f- physically get he's on just, one knee. He's seen it all the way through. They they both have instructors now attached to How them. was Air Bud involved in the proposal exactly? And so once they're down on one knee, she turns around because she's forced to by her instructor. And then you propose with your ring that's been in your pocket this whole time. Okay. Well, thank you, Shirley. I'm I'm trying to figure out exactly what her answer is going to be after something like that, but who knows? If I she mean, doesn't if she just, if she's slow to respond, just have the instructor answer for her. I will tell you this, it will be memorable. There's no doubt about that. Thank you for your question. Uh so thank yeah, thank you for your question, Mr. Mundane. I hope that clears things up. Hope uh hope you have a great marriage. New Hope Underground's new feature, Jesus Talk, presents the power of story. So, Matt Jones is back. Hey, Matt. Hey, what's up, Darren? Hey, it was really good talking to you about warning labels the uh, the other week. Yeah, a lot of fun. That was pretty fun. Yeah. I wanted to bring you in because you and I have talked on the side there just about how much you are into movies. I, I am very much into movies. Big time. Big time. So like an addiction, maybe. Give me an approximate of how many movies you've watched over the. Oh geez. <laughs> how about how uh, many movies you watched this week? Uh, this week has been five. Uh, kind of a light week for me. That's a light week. Yeah, it's a light week. Oh my goodness, it's only yeah. Wednesday. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I had Monday off though, so that that uh, that that swung the uh, that swung the equation a little oh. bit. Oh wow, well, yeah. that's so so good grief! I haven't watched any, so <laughs> five. That's pretty yeah. good. So and you also went to film school. I did. I did. Now, what did you do, what did you do there? Uh, we made films. <laughs> That's pretty much <laughs> yeah. pretty much it. Yeah, pretty much. We made movies and talked about movies and uh, uh, stuff like that. Analyze movies. Analyze them to the to the point where you kind of hate movies for a little bit because you're just like every single thing must mean something, and sometimes it doesn't. You have to try to convince your teachers that no, in fact, this movie does not have anything great to say. It's a little difficult. Is it is it difficult to watch movies after that? Like when you get that stuff in your head, like are you analyzing all the time? Um, at first it is because you just kind of are in this hyper aware mode where you're looking for every little thing. Um, like I made an example in class that uh, Tommy Boy, the movie Tommy Boy with Chris Farley and David Spade. Sure, um, was classic, a, classic, right? Um, it was really an allegory for America coming out of the '80s. You know, it's like this. Um, you know, kind well, of the me, workers, me, me. oh, the workers were the eighties. Well, no, like, the, like the movie, like Tommy was America in the sense of in the eighties, you know, it's, it's, you know, greed is good. You get wall street, you get, uh, you know, the savings and loan scandal and all these other things and there's no consequences. And then all of a sudden the economy kind of tanks and, you know, AIDS becomes a big thing and you right. have like a lot of you know poverty and stuff like that. Well, the real problems come to the surface. Exactly. So it's no longer this me, 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 fun, lighthearted, um, issue and there's consequences. And I told my teacher, she's like, Oh my gosh, that's brilliant, Matt. And I was like, I totally just made that up. Um, <laughs> like I don't actually think that I think Tommy boy is just a movie about, 
you know, a buffoon and his friend. But it's amazing what you can make something out of nothing is what you're saying. Yeah. And that was kind of the moment where it became easier to watch movies with that in mind because I realized it's all kind of so subjective. Exactly. Yeah. You know, you can make anything out of anything. Well, what I'm what I wanted to ask you about was what do you think is one of the most powerful things about movies? You know, why do people love movies? Um, well, when they're done right, they can elicit emotion. You know, personal story just a couple of weeks ago when Endgame came out, no spoilers. Um, but the entire latter third of that movie, I had tears in my eyes. Um, but happy tears, sad tears, like really, like, yeah, like it just it was just so perfectly. Endgame is like the Avenger movies. Yeah, yeah, it's the last of this kind of current set of Avengers movies. Um, and it was that emotional for you. Yeah, well, and part of it also is just my experience with like comics and. Yeah, I read comics since I was a kid and I was like, oh my man, they're, they're, they're actually doing this on the big screen. You know, there's Captain America, there's Thor, like there's Thanos, like it just is amazing thing that I never thought. It was I'd cool see. for you to see it come alive. Yeah. And then that's literally, it literally came to life. And that was, you know, it was really, really powerful for me. All right. So there's some power in seeing some fiction come to life, mm-hmm. I guess. Yeah. Uh, what about, what about uh, storytelling when it comes to movies? I mean, is that a, an important Oh yeah. Uh point for you. Definitely. Uh what what would you say are like the most important aspects that you're looking for in a good movie kind of thing? You say, "Oh wow, that was a good movie based on these things." With movies, I think the number one thing is show don't tell. Um in the sense that you know, you don't want uh two characters to sit in a room and be like, "Man, um it sure has been rough since you got that divorce, huh?" Yeah, I know, it really has because then it's like, "Well, you're just telling me what happened." But instead, if you are able to show, you know, like maybe you see um, a couple of past due bills on the guy's uh, uh, counter or something. And then he's got like the the tan line around his his ring finger where the ring used to be. And then you see a picture of, of the three people or two people in a picture like him and his wife. And you're able to show all that. Right. And as an audience, you know, you're able to be like, oh, man, the, I guess the he's... place is a mess. There's like an empty liquor exactly. bottle. Exactly. Yeah. And you're like, oh, this guy's clearly going through something rather than. Hey, I'm going through something because very few times do people actually say hey, there's I'm always going an empty something. Chinese container yes. with like oh, a... there has to be takeout, has to be takeout, <laughs> or in a pizza box. Yeah, yeah, or a pizza yeah, box with the crust. For some reason, yeah, <laughs> some reason, recently divorced guys never eat the crust in movies. So it's interesting. So I mean, when the visual stimulus, I guess, if you will, for lack of a better term, of a movie is what makes it so special in some ways, but in the way it tells the story. Yeah, right. Well, it's different because, like, in a book, you can just you know, tell everything you can go inside people's heads and you can have like an omniscient narrator. You can have a person narrating their own story with their thoughts and everything. But movies, you kind of have to show everything. You know, I was reading somewhere where someone said that actually in one way, movies has taken that away from us. Mm -hmm. The imagination aspect, like when you're reading a book, you kind of create that. And there are some people, don't you think some people get upset when their favorite characters come to life on the movies, but it wasn't exactly how they saw it in their mind after they read the book. Yeah. That's definitely a problem. Um, I'm guilty of that too, where I'm like that. That's the best example. Heath Ledger is the Joker. Um, oh, I cast yeah. Heath Ledger. Uh-huh. I was like, there's no way Heath Ledger is the Joker. This is ridiculous. And then it went down. It was one of the greatest performances ever. Um, and it's like, that's nuts that they actually thought that far ahead of like, he can do it, you know? And, but yeah, there is definitely, uh, there can be a contradiction there where you're, you don't quite understand, or you, let me rephrase, you don't, it doesn't fit what you had in mind, you know, because you had the entirety 
the entire scope of it in your mind and it doesn't quite match. Well, you're up. watching someone else's vision. Yeah, exactly. Of maybe a same story that you shared mm-hmm. with them. Just a different lens. Right. Yeah. Which sometimes is good, sometimes isn't mm-hmm. good. According, but it's very subjective, like you said yeah. earlier. One thing I, I want to kind of pick on that I find interesting is the storytelling aspect mm-hmm. because it does seem to me that, like you said, visually, when you're telling a story visually, things you say and don't, speak i mean show but don't tell Mm -hmm. uh is very 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 powerful why do you think uh people really resonate with story does that make sense um i mean when done well stories are you know it's a it's it's kind of like the spoonful of sugar analogy like for mary poppins where you know if you give someone a really good movie a story that's told well you give it a lot of meaning you know, like you can take something and I know we kind of joked early about like Tommy boy and what it meant and what, right, it, you know, right. but like there are movies that are, have very powerful messages that don't kind of hammer you over the head with them, but you just watch me like, Oh man, like I get it now. That's what this is about. And it's, it's really effective. Like to kill a mockingbird, I think you know, as a book and a movie, you know, it's just like, Oh man, like they're really able to make these incredibly deep, you know, concepts and themes come to life because of the way that they wrote their characters and the way that the actors perform their characters. I mean, it makes a lot of sense. One of my favorite movies kind of displaying what you're talking about is big fish by mm, yeah, Tim yeah. Burton, Tim Burton, yeah. <clears throat> which, which goes back a few years, but yeah, it's a great movie though. It's pretty moving as far as like, in fact, the, the whole movie is about telling the story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the big fish story, like the fish stories. Yeah. That's F- FYI. At least when I went to film school, big fish is like, very popular. Oh, really? Most film students, yeah. Well, it's almost unilaterally, it's Tim Burton's best movie to film students. Like, you know. Well, in a way, it's, it's almost it's almost telling the story of movies mm-hmm. in a way. Yeah. Uh, but it but wraps it into Albert Finney's, not Albert Finney, sorry. Albert Brooks's. No, it's no, Albert Finney. It is Albert yeah, Finney. Albert Finney. One of the Alberts. <laughs> it wraps into his character, yeah. you know, and, and is personified. Well, for the purpose of our discussion today, I was really wanting to get at like, why did Jesus tell stories? You know, because it, he used an awful lot of them mm-hmm. in parables. And uh, I just wanted, I just thought it'd be cool for us to have just a short discussion on that because I think it is linked with some of the same reasons why movies are so, mm-hmm. so popular. Yeah. Just, just me throwing that idea at you right now. What's the first thing that kind of comes across your mind as to why Jesus told stories? Well, I mean, you just look, look at the parables and, you have a story that he tells, you know, like the the Good Samaritan didn't actually happen. It was just a story of saying, right, right. you know, hey, I'm going to tell you a story and I'm going to tell you what it means, you know, afterwards. And it's a way for, you know, no matter your education, no matter your place in society, your, you know, class, money, wealth, you know, whatever, you can understand the point of the Good Samaritan. You know, it's not, you know, extremely in-depth in terms of, you know, like religious study or anything. But the second he talks about the good Samaritan, you're like, Oh, okay. Yeah, I know. I should be a good person, etc., and follow the precepts of that. The prodigal son, you know, like you're always welcome back at your parents' house, no matter what. And that's something that resonates with people regardless. Well, especially of their in that culture, because that wasn't really true. In that, yeah. In that culture. Yeah. Uh, you were disowned. Yeah. For things like that. And so for a father to be that kind of caring, yeah. it's showing God to be something that they weren't really used exactly. to. You know, and then that's just an easy way to break down, you know, something really complicated and complex into something that, you know, you can easily digest. 
you know. Yeah, so another thing I find interesting is just talking about movies. For instance, if I throw a movie out there and you said, just like in your film class, you have films, you have a discussion over the movie. Mm-hmm. It's so subjective and so many people have a different view mm-hmm. of what that movie meant. Um, it's the same way with Jesus' parables. He doesn't always tell you yeah. the ending or tell you how this is to be applied. Mm-hmm. But it's amazing how many different applications can come out of yeah. one story when your imagination kind of goes. Yeah. Well, well, and you and you always put your own personal experiences in it. You know, like some things mean more to you than others because, oh, hey, I've gone through that, or I know someone who went through that, or you know that that was my life. You know, so this 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 resonates with me with a movie, book, story, parable. You know, like some of them. You know, some people are going to identify more with the prodigal son than they are with you know the uh, um, the Good Samaritan or or you know any of the other parables like. Because hey, I've I've been there. I've been kind of estranged from my family. Therefore, you know that moment I was welcomed back in. That's a really powerful moment for me. And you have other people who've never left their family. They've never been estranged. It doesn't resonate with them the same way, but they resonate with another one. Well, then another part of the story, another character mm-hmm. in the story, what have you. Hey, one last point before we quit. Yeah, I just always found this fascinating. Is that when you look at even American films, but you go back to entertainment back in the dark ages, mm-hmm. way back when, you can kind of trace it back that there's always some central kind of themes that pop up all mm-hmm. the time. And one of them is kind of always this uh, figure that, come, that comes on the scene that's almost like a messiah-like mm-hmm. figure. Yeah. Someone that dies, comes back to life. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's almost as if God had put the idea of his story in us and Ailey. Yeah. And yeah. I always found it interesting that that we really resonate with that stuff. Uh, uh, I know this is this is old, but I always think of the Matrix when I think about wow. this stuff because that's just a classic yeah. Messiah type. Of, oh yeah, you know, Definitely. trilogy. Definitely. And, but that's but that story rings true with so many other stories, you mm-hmm. know, and it really finds its roots in in Christ. I mean, mm-hmm. in Jesus, because ultimately God has has a. Uh, has, is the author of the Messiah story, mm-hmm. if you will, the phoenix that rises from the ashes and the whole works. I mean, yeah. it really is a picture even before. Some people say, well, it's not a picture of Jesus because before Jesus, all these stories were going on. But that doesn't mean that God didn't start it from our beginning no. uh, to give us an idea of what he was all about. Well, and if you look at a lot of movies, like it's based on, you know, the hero doing the right thing at the right time. You know, so whether it's Han Solo you know, choosing like, you know, to come back and fly back to the Death Star to, you know, blow the TIE fighters out of the trench and say, let's blow this thing and go home. You know, he did the right thing. He did. He had this redemptive arc where he's like, hey, I got your back when you need it the most. Don't worry. Just trust in it. You know, and that's something that people yearn for is that that feeling of, hey, the, the hero is going to come in, you know, and that hero is that's Jesus. interesting. People yearn for redemption. Mm-hmm. People yearn for the bad guys getting their just desserts mm-hmm. kind of thing. Yeah. And sometimes that's in the form of revenge, which isn't exactly Christian, but yeah. I think that, but, but, in, but God's all about justice. Yeah. I mean, I don't well, know. It just seems like a lot of the, a lot of the morality that we find ourselves, you know, we know comes from God just mm-hmm. really plays itself out. Even when people don't even realize oh, it yeah. when it comes to our art. Yeah. Well, and it's, it's just one of those things where it's so ingrained that, you know, like even if it's not necessarily like revenge, it's like, Hey, the good guys are going to win. You know, like, don't worry, you know, at the end of this movie, everything looks really, you know, the end of Empire, it's the darkest it can possibly be, you know, 
Luke got his hand cut off. Han's frozen in carbonite. The you know rebellion's kind of scattered to the four corners. You know what's going to happen. Darth Vader's one, and he's Luke's father. This is the worst it's possibly going to be. But hey, don't worry. Three years, you're going to get another movie, and they're going to win. So, <laughs> you know. Well, hey, this has been a good discussion, and I just want to kind of throw this out there to everybody. We would love to hear. I would love to hear like some of your favorite movies. Come up and talk to me or Matt sometime on Sunday. Just say, hey, we listen to the podcast, and here's my favorite movie, and here's why. I would love to just hear people's reasoning and uh, and, and their insights because it is totally subjective, but that's yeah. what's fun about it. Um, one cool thing about the Word of God is that as as many ways that we might look at the words of Jesus, he really only did have certain interpretation that God meant. He didn't mean it in every single way. So that's what's great about the Word of God is that as uh, as we might find truth uh, as much as we think subjectively, actually it's objective mm. because God had a design and a reason and a purpose. Hey, thanks for talking, man. It's fun. Thanks for having me. And so the choreography, I would say, is probably the one of the high points of Aladdin um, next to Will Smith's really? performance as the genie. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Did you know that we're uh, recording? Oh, did you hit record? So here's what I suggest we do. Get, okay. get the lamp out. Yep. And I, I know you're going to rub it and you're going to say, my wish is that this episode could go on forever. Right. I, I have it. But out. I'm sorry. The genie has said no. That's one <laughs> wish he cannot grant. <laughs> Unfortunately, we must come. All good things come to a, to an end. Wow. That was a, that was a good segue. Hey, thank away, you. Away from my <laughs> thank you. genie conversation. The only, good, the only better segue is the actual segue you can ride. Right. But other than that. Yeah, they're coming out with new ones of those. Sorry. Oh, oh the, the that's, a, that's for another episode. Yeah, the episode. It's coming. Time. Yep. It's, it's, it's that. That's a, so that'll watch your whistle. That's what hey, what's going on around New Hope that you need to tell people about anything? Um, You know, subscribe to our podcast. That's one thing. There you go. Um, if you didn't know, this is part of the New Hope Podcast Network along with GL Talk our podcast for group leaders and the new Hope podcast, which contains our sermon series. And right now a special bonus episode every week over the next eight weeks. Now it's about six weeks um, as we go along with our gym class devotional. So if you aren't subscribed to the new Hope podcast and you are following along with our gym class devotional, you should subscribe because there's some really cool bonus content from you, Darren and Tyler walking through and that Van. series. Oh, Van's on there too. Yeah. Nice. Well, that's awesome. Yeah, so it just depends on kind of who's preaching that Sunday gets in on the podcast, too. So nice. It's kind of cool. I haven't listened to this week's yet. So, so newhopechurch.cc slash gym class again. J-I-M class. The New Hope Podcast Network. I mean, it just sounds so cool. It sounds so cool. And, you know. It's like it deserves some sort of, like, moving logo. You know what I mean? Like, or like a t-shirt. Yeah, there you know, go. There's something. But yeah, make sure you subscribe <laughs> to our podcast. Um, GL Talk, like I'd mentioned, our podcast for group leaders. But there's also a lot of cool stuff on there. Um, the last few podcasts have been about hard questions that Darren and Tyler have answered that group leaders have asked. And um, it's taken a break over the summer, but it'll be back in the fall. So go subscribe to be ready for it. Now, one thing I've asked Tyler in the past is for people to call our voicemail, you know, our, our uh, hotline. Yeah. And give, you know, just give us some feedback. It just hasn't been working. I don't know what people just don't call. People do not and use I know their we've phones got, I know calling. we've got lots of listeners. Right. Uh, oh, yeah. but people just don't want to call. It sure be nice if somebody would call and just say something like, hey, we listen. That'd be kind of cool. Or, even if or it's even, just, even if you just call and give us your give us a pizza order or something. Like you call go. like your order. Fake a it. Pizza. We don't care. Fake fake act like you're calling somebody else Prank and then call. leave us a message. 
And the reason I'm bringing it up, Tyler, 812-783-0373, is because we're probably, we're probably going to phase it out. So this is maybe, you know, maybe one of the last times you can call. So I'm going to be looking at uh, some other ways to communicate. So 812-783-0373, just at least tell us your call, your call and tell us if you're listening. Maybe you out in St. Kitts. Yes. uh, The one who's listening to us. If you're listening to us again. Yeah. Yeah, I know it's a long distance call, but we'll pay for it if we have to. Oh wow, that's. I, I that's don't know a, if you can call this really collect, bold. but yeah, um, I, don't, I don't know how. Here, we how do about that. we do this? Why don't you pull over in your car right now, wherever you are, wherever you're driving? I don't care if it's on the interstate, if it's listen to his voice, listen to my voice. Pull over in your car and grab your phone. It's probably what you're using to play this podcast, so um, you can pause it in a second. But uh, grab your phone and dial this number eight one two. Seven eight three, zero three seven three, and just tell us anything. Maybe maybe you just need to vent a little bit. Maybe you got cut off in traffic. Maybe uh, maybe you uh met met that pretty lady that you think you want to spend the rest of your life with. Call that number. Let us know about it, and uh, we'll listen. Tell you us know? your favorite feature that we have. Tell I don't know. Just tell us anything. Tell us your favorite flavor We're of lonely. ice cream. We're lonely. <laughs> we check this voicemail every day. And never a call. <laughs> it's hooked up to my email, so I know exi- I know right when somebody messages us and immediately. We'll, I check it yeah. immediately, but my email box has not been dinging. Wow! So, so do that, and then then you can drive again. Don't, does that sound sad enough? To I, uh, yeah. If you could put some sad music behind yourself, okay, I'll do that. Yeah. yeah I mean, you edit it. Cue so sad you, music. Yeah. Please, please, please help a guy out. Will you help the brothers out here? You could at change the life. You can change a life today. That's correct. Yeah. Well, Tyler, what did you think about episode eight? It was fun. <laughs> <laughs> just like really like passive about it. No, it was it was a great one. There, yeah, there was a new segment. Um, I don't know if people noticed, but there wasn't stuff with Tyler. Well, the stuffer, the one stuffer you have, he can just be patient. Yeah, we'll bring it. We'll bring it back. We be just patient, Jim, because you're the one stuffer. <laughs> you're the only stuffer we have. I'll call you and tell you what's coming up. I'll tell you the stuff that's happening. That's right. And we'll be back and with in a with a vengeance. Oh wow. wow.